Welcome, Thought Leaders. I'm Beck Sands. I'm Andres Lopez-Varela, and you're listening to The Thought Leader Show. If you're an ambitious professional, exec, CEO, or business owner looking to grow your personal brand and become a thought leader, you're in the right place. We'll bring you inspiring chats with people who use their personal brand to create successful careers or businesses and become thought leaders in their field. We'll also talk through some of the practical steps and must-dos that you can action to build your own personal brand. And this is what we're most excited about. You're going to see how being a thought leader gives you the opportunity to help others and support people to realize their goals. A personal brand might sound self-serving, but we're here to show you how it can actually have a positive impact on you, your community, and who knows, maybe even the world. Hello, Thought Leaders. Welcome to the Thought Leader Show. We're so happy that you've tuned in today. My name is Andres Lopez-Varela. And I'm Beck Sands. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And today we're going to do something a little bit different, aren't we, Beck? We are. You are going to interview me about how I built my personal brand, first for a career and then for a business. So I'm really excited to dive into this one. We haven't really done any prep or planning, so this is going to be a very off-the-cuff conversation. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. We will see what happens. And if it goes well enough, maybe we'll do the opposite where you'll interview me. But uh, what we want to do, I guess, is just give you an idea, listeners, as to why we're doing this, you know, why, why we think it's valuable and important to us. Um, and, you know, give you sort of a little bit of background um, on us too. So, um, you know, it's pretty common, pretty common podcast practice, I think. It's nothing special or fancy, but um, we wanted to have a chat today about Beck's own thought leadership journey. And so um, I would say, oh, our guest today is blah, blah, and introduce them. But you already know her. It's Beck Sands. Hi, Beck Sands. Hello. And I think like the point you make about thought leadership, I mean, no one really thinks they're a thought leader, right? It's just more perception. It's more, um, you know, when you're putting yourself out there, and there is a perception that you are the expert in your industry on whatever that thing is. Uh, and it doesn't even need to be publicly. It could just be with your clients. Your clients think you're the expert and thought leader. And so you're visible with them. So it doesn't even need to be a public platform. Um, it just means that you uh, you do have expertise in a certain area and you share that. Absolutely. And I think really what we're going to talk about today is uh, also what thought leadership means uh, to you, Beck. So maybe let's start there. Maybe let's make that our first kind of question to jump into. What does thought leadership mean to you? Thought leadership to me really just means sharing your expertise on a, on a certain topic, your thoughts on a certain topic. Uh, to other people. So whether that's with your clients, whether that's on a public platform such as media, social media, uh, video, on stage, uh, you know, but it doesn't necessarily, like I said, need to be public. I really do believe that you can be perceived as a thought leader within your own community or within your own uh, client base on your topic of expertise. So let's say, for example, you are a lawyer. Your clients, most likely, if they're coming to you and paying you for your expertise, they believe you to be the thought leader on the topic of law that they're coming to you for. So you are already the thought leader in your field. And I believe that 
it's really just amplifying that uh, on through, you know, being more visible on public platforms so that you can attract more clients, so that you can attract more opportunities. So wait, hang on, let's be super clear. You're saying that anybody who has clients or customers is a thought leader. Is that right? I think it depends. So, you know, if you're selling a product uh, and you've got a company that's selling a product and you're not really an expert in that product, so you haven't actually created that product yourself, then I don't think you're a thought leader in that product, but you're probably a thought leader in the industry you're in, in terms of like how you sell that product, how you go about business. Um, So I think that everyone can be a thought leader, yes, in their area of expertise. Um, So for example, I, you know, have been working in PR and comms for 15 years. And so even if I'm not visible about that, I am still a thought leader in that field to my clients because that is why my clients come to me for that. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about this concept of personal brand? Obviously, you know, we talk to these experts and thought leaders on our show and we talk to them about their own personal brand and how they built it and what they did. What do you think is a personal brand and what differentiates it from your personality as such? Yeah. So your personal brand, I believe is how you want people to perceive you. So it's you taking control of, uh, the perception, the public perception of you or the external perception of you. So your reputation is, um, generally just how people perceive you and you don't really have any control over that, um, or don't have a lot of control over that. I think that, um, you know, reputations can be lost in a moment and you don't necessarily have control over that. Whereas I think that your personal brand is something that you can build over time. Uh, and I think that through really specific messaging, people can start to have a perception of you. I think there's also two different uh, facets to a personal brand. I think there's the emotional facet. So how people sort of, um, how you want to make people feel. Um, So for example, with my personal brand, I want to make um, people feel like they're having fun. I want people to feel confident uh, and I want people to feel just basically like they're progressing. And that's how I sort of want to perceive um, myself. And that's how I want people to perceive me as well. So let's back up on that a little bit, because I think this is a really interesting point that maybe some of our listeners might want to hear more about. That idea of perception as a personal brand some people might say you can't control the way that you're perceived by others. Can you like some people will think you're great at what you do. Some people will think you're, you know, just uh, as useful as like a bag of carrots, you know? And so it quite varies quite a lot. So how is it that you think that you can influence that perception of you uh, as part of your personal brand? I actually love this question so much. And this is what we do, right, in PR. Um, And so it is about influencing perceptions. And there are multiple ways that you can influence perceptions. Um, I think that you can influence your perception through um, things like 
uh, the the messaging and language that you use um, and that you put out through, there through multiple channels. I think you can influence perception simply through the channels that you are public and visible on, um, simply by the way that you show up in a room, uh, through your branding, so through the colours of your branding and how it makes people feel, um, through, uh, you know, your own, like the way that you present yourself. Uh, so if you are presenting yourself confidently, uh, if you are pre presenting yourself, you know, in a certain way with your ideal audience, that is going to influence the way that they think of you. So there's so many touch points, I guess, to building your personal brand. Um, so it's really thinking about the, you know, back to the two factors that I was talking about. It's that, that emotional, the way that you want people to feel. And then the second piece to that, I think is the, is the messaging behind your personal brand. So what is it that you're communicating? So a lot of what I communicate is around building your personal brand for your career or business, because you do need a personal brand for both. Um, so the, the messaging behind that is I want people to know that it can be fun to build your personal brand. And in fact, the more fun you have and the more you're, you, you are yourself, um, I think the more people will resonate with that. Um, yeah. And so I really, I really think that there's those two factors. And so that second factor in particular around the messaging, um, effectively what it sounds like you're saying is you've got one half, is, which is how you say it, when you say things, where you say things, and then the rest of it is actually what you say. Do you think it's 50-50 or is it more important to you know show up in the right ways in the right places or is it more important to say the exact right things when it comes to building a personal brand? I don't think it's either. I actually think it's the way that you make people feel. I think it's how you make people feel that uh, is the most important thing. Um, and, you know, like I, I don't know if you've ever been – I mean, I know you've been in a new business pitch, but um, to our listeners, I'm not. Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if our new um, if our listeners have been in a new business pitch. But you know how a lot of it's like about the energy, like a lot of you know everyone kind of says, okay, this is a chemistry check, and you know it's about the energy in the room and whether people resonate with you. And that energy is really just how you're making them feel in that moment. And most of the time, you know, when it comes to your personal brand, people want to feel safe with you. If they, they want to feel safe so that they know that they can work with you and they're, they're confident that you can deliver whatever it is that you're saying you can deliver. And so I think if you can come across as like, you know, someone who is confident, someone that can can provide that sense of safety for your potential clients. I think that that is so, so important, um, whether it's, yeah, your potential clients or your, uh, or a potential employer. So yeah, I feel like I'm sorry, I've jumped a bit all over the place with that answer, but I do think that, you know, what you say is important and the messaging that you, that you, that you choose is important, but I think the energy behind what it is that you're saying is so, so much more important. I think you're, you're right. I mean, the energy that you impart is obviously a big part of how people perceive you and how you influence and persuade and influence and persuasion are definitely at the heart of a successful, thriving personal brand for a thought leader. 
and and I think that sometimes we underestimate that. Maybe we think, like you said, it's about the hot takes, or it's about making sure you're on LinkedIn every three times a week or whatever. But actually, um, it's that feeling which is really uh, important. And I guess in some ways, it's very hard to do that with static formats or channels right so you know video audio in person is always going to be the most effective way to um, create the desired feeling if you like in the people that you're trying to reach absolutely so let's switch gears a little bit let's talk about your kind of um, journey uh, around building your personal brand um, and what sort of you know mindset have you had to sort of um, build to or, or nurture, I guess, to, to to create your own personal brand over time and refine it and change it and, and, and you know, make it sharper or whatever. Um, and what have been some of the sticking points where maybe you kind of have, you know, challenged and, and, and been struggled to, to, um, to overcome those? So, so many. <laughs> so let's start with your biggest one. Let's start there. Yeah, look, I think when I when I very first started in my career, I really was uh, not confident. I was very sort of reliant on people telling me that I'd done a good job. Um, to know that I'd done a good job, I was sort of like, you know, I was I was very impressionable. I was I was not confident to speak in public, um, and I really built that over the years because I realized, you know, fairly early on in my career, like about five years in, I was like I. If, if I'm going to go to to the heights that I want to reach, then I'm going to need to be more public. I'm going to need to be visible. I'm going to need to speak in front of people and I'm going to need to really hone and refine that skill. And even though it terrified me, I realized, I just knew that that was what was it was going to take. And so I just started small and I started presenting at the company that I was in at the time. And, uh, and I just kind of honed and refined it from there. So I, I just said yes to every speaking opportunity. I started building presentations in my company. Um, I started presenting around the company to as many people as I could. I started learning from other people who were really good presenters. I did, you know, a presenting course. Um, I just really worked on myself in that respect until I felt like, I mean, you know, there's never a there, right? Like I've never really arrived at like full confidence. It's just that at every stage, you just get more confident and you feel better doing things. And then you go to the next level and then you kind of, you know, just keep getting out of your comfort zone. And that's what I sort of did. Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Not to start with. I was terrified to start with. Do you like it now? Do you enjoy yeah, 100%. it now? Yeah, 100%. I love it now. Love what it. changed? What changed? Look, I think I, I developed some um, techniques that could support me to feel better about it. And I think the reward afterwards is so great that you realize that actually when I get out of my comfort zone, when I speak in public... I, the benefits are really, really great. Like, you know, the clients that I attract, the opportunities that I attract, I can charge more money for my services so I don't have to work to burnout. Um, you know, there's so, so many different things that, that, that like come as a reward of getting out of your comfort zone and going to the next level. And I think that when I started to see those rewards, it started to become um, much more attractive to me to do that. And then also I just started, you know, like, get, you know, I, I had some little kind of techniques that just made it more fun for me. So I would, you know, I would practice presenting with confidence before I would go and do, do something publicly. 
Like in the mirror? No, just like in a room. I would just, you know, stand up, like do that kind of super woman pose, you know, with your hands on your hips and then kind of just say, you know, do my introduction. And, you know, I think if you if you can practice like that, you're so much you feel so much more confident going on stage um, and doing that. And so I think, yeah, like just some little tips. And then I also just realized I just started to get the belief in myself that actually I can do hard things and I can get out of my comfort zone and it's going to be fine after. And so I think that fear just started to dissipate because I was like, okay, I might be a bit nervous, but I'll get through it and it'll be fine. And I'll come out the other side and it'll be rewarding. And anyway, I realized that it's not about me. It's not about how I look. It's not about like, you know, it's about what the audience is getting out of what I'm saying. It's about other people and what they can learn. It's about the value I'm providing. It's about you know, it's about what they're learning and how I'm helping and supporting other people. And that is kind of what makes life worth it, right? Like that's what makes work worth it is when you're helping other people and you're getting that fulfillment out of it. And do you feel scared now when you do things like doing a video on social media or speaking at an event or, you know, getting on the call to try and persuade someone to become a client? Like do these things that are common personal branding activities scare you now? No. And I think like getting, getting on stage. Yes. Getting on stage 100%. Like I, I definitely still get nervous. Um, and particularly like, you know, like I haven't done huge speaking events. Like I've done conferences, but not like that, not like 10,000 people or anything like that. So that would definitely scare me. Um, but like, you know, doing a new business pitch doesn't scare me. Um, doing a video, like live stream doesn't scare me. Doing a podcast doesn't scare me. I don't know. Like, you know, the things that used to scare the hell out of me don't scare me at all anymore. And I think that is just because I've done it so, so many times. And like, yeah. Do you think that that's what it takes to be a thought leader? Maybe it's just doing it so many times that you're not like frightened or worried anymore. That maybe that's the difference. Is that the, you know, when you cross that threshold, Oh, oh shit, I've arrived. Now I'm a thought leader. Well, like I said, I don't think you need to be public to be a thought leader. I think people have this misconception that, you know, there are thought leaders and they're inherently thought leaders or something like that. But it's like, no, like you're probably already, you know, expressing thought leadership with your clients, um, like I said, and that's why they pay to work with you. It's just that if you want to amplify that, then you need to go a bit more public with it. Um, And so, yeah, I I do. I do think that, um, yeah, I do think that. Okay, fair enough, yeah. And so let's say someone comes to you, obviously you're a – personal branding, thought leader, coach, uh, you have a client come to you and they say, look, I am really good at speaking. I'm not worried at all about putting my content on social media. I am very confident in, you know, delivering presentations, complex information, whatever, but I don't really think I'm that different or quote unquote special in my arena how the hell do I become a thought leader? What do you say to that person? Well, firstly, I would question why they feel that they're not that special because I think that every single person is unique. And I think that, you know, we're all just kind of floating the same ideas around. There there are very few new ideas 
we're all just saying, you know, similar things in a different way. And I think that when you can bring your own uniqueness to it, when you can bring your own experiences, your own stories, your own personality, your own background, your own ethnicity, whatever it is, um, that is what is special. So that's what I would say. And in developing that um, specialness, right, and sort of cultivating and understanding what it is for you, how do you think people can, you know, I guess build confidence that what they have to say, what they have to offer is in fact something worthwhile? Because I think, you know, in this realm, there are a lot of, oh, the world needs what only you can bring. There's a lot of this kind of, you know, these platitudes, as I, was, as I would call them. How do you sort of really build confidence that your thing is worthwhile and, um, you know, compelling enough to share with someone else? As a thought leader. Yeah, and I think it is challenging, right? Because particularly in this day and age, you know, there's less and less reach on social media. There's less and less of um, the ability to grow an organic audience. Uh, You know, I I think even just a few years ago, like anyone could kind of have a platform, whereas now, you know, it, it is getting trickier. What I would say to that, I think, is that it's your choice. It's, you know, you have to believe in yourself first. And I don't think that anyone else is going to walk up to you and say, oh, I believe in you. Why don't you share your stuff? You know, it's it's like you have to make the choice and you have to decide and you have to be committed to getting better and better and to evolving your content over time and to making tweaks you know, according to what people resonate with so that your content can land better and can get better. I think that we all have to start somewhere, right? Um, But you just got to make the choice. Like I am going to put my work out there and I know that even though my work isn't perfect now, I know that it will get better and I know that it's going to resonate with the right audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. I think that's good advice. Okay. Are you ready for the thought leader five? Oh yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> I mean, everyone's got to do it, right? Okay, here we go. Five rapid fire questions. Number one, your favorite book or podcast? So many. Probably, uh, I'm going to go book and probably Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I think that anyone who's wanting to put creative work out in the world, um, you know, just like we were saying, will, you know, hit confidence obstacles, will face imposter syndrome and will face resistance. Um, And that's probably another one uh, along the same vein, but uh, Stephen Pressfield's The the war of art and i think i've heard you talk about that one a lot yeah everyone needs to read that (laughs) everyone yeah okay (laughs) okay second question one thing or the thing you love doing the most to unwind and relax and it can include one or both of our cats (laughs) i love hanging out with our cats moxie and ollie Uh, No, I mean, I love walking out in nature. I love yoga. I love uh, reading. I love hanging out with you. (laughs) Yeah, lots of things. Hanging out with friends. Cute. All right. All right. Third question. What's your dream travel destination? Somewhere you haven't been, but before you kick the bucket, you really want to go there. Maldives. Oh, yes. Yes. Maldives. (laughs) Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Keep nudging. Keep nudging. (laughs) Uh, I think I know the answer to this one's going to infuriate me. It's the end of the night. You had a great meal. Do you choose chocolate or cheese? Cheese. 
disgusting. Just so <laughs> disgusting. <sighs> That's why we put that question in there, actually. Uh, little Easter egg for everyone's listening. I'm very much about the chocolate. Beck's very much about the cheese. So, I mean, I love cheese too, to be fair, but like, I would not substitute it dessert for <laughs> fucking cheese. Never, ever. And I love chocolate too, but I, I do love cheese at the end of a meal. Like if you're going to do like a, che- you know, if you've got a fancy meal and you're like, right, do I do cheese or chocolate? I'm like, che- cheese. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Okay. All right. The last one in Thought Leader 5. One golden nugget of advice for our listeners. What would it be? It would be just get started because you're going to evolve over time. You don't need to have all the answers now. Uh, I think, you know, when I started my business journey, when I was in corporate, I started doing things on the side. My business looks nothing like, you know, what I initially thought it was going to be. My niche is different. I was initially like, I want to get away from PR, but actually uh, as I've grown my business and evolved my business, I love having a mix of consulting and coaching. And I think that I couldn't have foreseen that. Uh, I, I sort of did want to get away from PR cause I was like, I've been doing this for 12 years. What's next. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love having the mix. And in some ways I'm so glad that I don't just have a pure, purely 100% coaching business. So it's really worked out um, for me, according to like, you know, what, what is, you know, best for me that I couldn't even have predicted. Um, and so I think you're not going to know where you're going to end up just yet, but just get started and you can make decisions along the way uh, towards where you do want to go versus where you don't. So if you're sitting in a corporate job right now, which I know a lot of my audience probably is and thinking like, I want to do something else. And you know, where, what do I, what do I do first? Just start anywhere. It doesn't really like, you don't need to know the entire path. Just get started with what you've got, pick up a book, um, you know, follow the person on social media, uh, subscribe to the podcast, just start taking actions and you will start to move closer to where you want to go. That's good. I think that's very good and practical advice. And I think you gave a great interview. So congrats. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back to, uh, regularly scheduled programming uh, for our next episode. Uh, But thank you, Beck, for um, sharing your story and your point of view on thought leadership. And um, obviously, we'll be back with all the nice people uh, again for our next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much. Do we have to, like, have a conversation now about our interviewee? Like, do I have a conversation about, like... (laughs) Yeah, we talk about you. Yeah. Talk about myself behind my own back. But you have to, like... (laughs) Uh, pretend like you're someone else called Janice or something like that. Might be too hard. Okay. (laughs) We'll leave it out then. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Thought Leader Show. If you enjoyed this chat, we'd love you to share the episode with someone you think might want to hear it and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more information about my work, visit becksands.com and connect with me on socials. And you can connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. See you next time, Thought Leaders. Oh, sorry, I need to speak into the microphone. <laughs> Andres is gesturing is at me wildly. Bear. This is a constant bugbear. <laughs> the microphone's in front of you. Don't drift off into another place. Speak into the microphone. Um, sorry, is that better? Yeah, that's better. We got it.